0: You know a Democrat argument is bad when they can't get even NBC's Chuck Todd to go along with it. But that is exactly how far into the realm of the absurd Kamala Harris is taking the White House line on immigration.
1: Final topic here, since uh, we're here in Texas, I want to ask you about the border. Would you call the border secure? I think that there is no question that we have to do what the president and I asked Congress to do is the first request we made pass a bill to create a pathway to citizenship the border is secure but we also have a broken immigration system in particular over the last four years before we came in and it needs to be fixed we're gonna have two million people cross this border for the first time ever you're confident this border secure we have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. But there are still a lot of problems that we are trying to fix.
0: You can hear the desperation in Chuck Todd's voice. You can hear the annoyance because he wants to believe her. He wants to go along with it. He's he's saying, he's saying, Kamala, Kamala, come on. I want to support the team. It's two million people, Kamala. Come on, seriously, you got to give me something to work with, Kamala. And in Kamala's defense, she actually has a point. Obviously, the border is not closed. Obviously, the law is not being followed or enforced. But the border is largely secure. The government does, by and large, know who is crossing the border. Government's even arresting a lot of them. And then the government is letting them go. In some cases, the government is flying them into red states and communities all around the country. The problem is not that the Biden administration does not have control over the border. The problem is that the Biden administration is using the control it has over the border to ignore the law and flood the country with foreigners because Biden thinks it will give Democrats a permanent governing majority. It would be bad enough if the millions of foreigners entering our country illegally were just a case of gross government incompetence. But the reality is worse. The ongoing crisis has been intentional from the very beginning. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Stephen Zerbel, who says, I have found that Democrat accusations are just a deep sense of guilt for what they themselves have already done. A lot of truth to that. When the Democrats get really upset, they say, you're denying the election results. We hear this from who? Stacey Abrams, Hillary Clinton, Al Gore, all the people who have denied. It's true. Their accusations are largely confessions. They just think that the rules should not apply to them. And practically speaking, the rules usually don't apply to them because there is a two tier system of justice in America. You know where you're not going to find two tiers? RockAuto.com. You're going to find the same prices for pros and do it yourselfers. Right now, head on over to RockAuto.com, write Knowles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Okay? You you go to RockAuto to get the brakes, the shocks, the carpet, the wipers, the headlights, the mirrors, the mufflers, the lug nuts, any other part that you need. These guys. Have been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And most importantly, they've been with my show pretty much since the beginning. The thing I love about rockauto.com is it's extremely simple. I'm not the handiest guy in the world. Even I can use the website. It is so easy to navigate. It's, there aren't two price tiers, okay, for pros and do-it-yourselfers. There aren't all these stupid kind of promos. You got to log in at this time on Tuesday afternoon, and that's when it'll be 20% off. No, it's always reliably low prices. And they just know what they're doing. Okay. I told you, I had a pal. He, he made the mistake. He went to the brick and mortar auto parts store, wanted to get a part. They wanted 400 bucks for it. He goes on rockauto.com to their super easy to navigate catalog right on his phone. And the part was 150 bucks. Okay. Don't make the same mistake my friend did. Just go straight to rockauto.com and then write Knowles in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. The Democrats have been bragging for 20 years about how mass migration, mostly from Latin America, is going to give them a permanent electoral majority. They have written academic political science papers about this. They have run op-eds about this. They have campaigned on this, okay? This is not some wild, kooky, crazy conspiracy theory. This is explicitly what they have set out to do. There is just one wrinkle here with that problem, or with, with that strategy. The strategy by and large has worked, Hispanic immigrants and their children and their grandchildren are much more likely to vote for Democrats than most groups who were born in America. There is a wrinkle, though, which is that over the last few years, Democrats have moved significantly into the Republican camp. Probably still not enough to make mass migration worthwhile for Republicans, but they have moved. The the Hispanics who are coming to America, the ones who have been here for generations, are voting for Republicans in much larger numbers than the Dems ever counted on. And how are the Dems explaining this? Well, they say this is simply because they are being tricked by misinformation. That's the line. Most CNN and MSNBC viewers, according to a new poll that just came out by WPA intelligence, believe that Hispanics are moving to the right because of misinformation. It's more than half of the people who consume legacy media outlets. Believe that. Survey was conducted at the end of August. They asked 1,000 participants why they think that's happening. 57% of MSNBC viewers said it's the spread of disinformation. 54% of CNN viewers said the same thing. And and then another 16% of MSNBC respondents and a full fifth of CNN respondents said that it's because Hispanics have internalized racism. And they, they just have a desire to fit into white society, direct quote. That's what's causing them to, to lean Republican. Now, the reason they're saying this is because it, it can never be that Hispanics are looking at the information and coming to their own conclusions and saying, no, based on my faculties of reason and the information that I'm getting, I think it's better for me to vote for Republicans than Democrats. It can't be that because the Democrats always have to win, and they especially always have to win with racial minority groups. So it, it just any time that the Republicans do well with those groups, it has to be illegitimate. This is how the Democrats can say with a straight face that we can never doubt the results of any election, and also Stacey Abrams won in 2018, and also Hillary won in 2016. The way they can say that with a straight face is that any time the Democrats win, the election is legitimate. Any time the Democrats lose the election, is not legitimate by virtue of the Democrats winning or losing. Because that when they talk about our democracy, all they mean is the victory of liberalism. So that's that's what decides it. I know it's, it's backwards if you think about it in just what the words mean, but that's not how they're seeing things. And there's a further irony here when they're saying, no, 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 the only way that Hispanics could be coming to this conclusion is they're getting duped, they're getting tricked, they're idiots, or they're, or they're internally racist. And they hate their own race or traitors to their race. The the irony here in the Dems blaming misinformation is that these viewers of CNN and MSNBC are themselves much more likely than other people to fall for misinformation. This, This same poll asked CNN and MSNBC fans if they thought, for instance, that Florida had banned the word gay in public schools after you heard about the don't say gay bill in Florida that the Democrats were were moaning about. And uh, 64% of CNN viewers, almost the same number, 63% of MSNBC viewers, and two-thirds, so 67% of all Democrat respondents, said it is somewhat or mostly true that Florida banned the utterance of the word gay in schools. So the the Democrats themselves are, are misinformed and are not aware that they're misinformed and are accusing others of being misinformed. There's a great line from Euripides. I think it's in, from the Bacchae, his play, where he says, talk sense to a fool and he'll call you foolish. And that's so often the case. The people who are most likely to say, you're an idiot, you're an ignorant, you don't know anything, you're just a big dumb moron, you're, you're misinformed, you're whatever. They are almost always the ones who are guilty of that themselves. Gets back to my favorite comment yesterday. They, When they make these accusations, it is almost always a sort of confession. Do you know why I think that the Democrats are losing ground with Hispanics? I don't think it's because those Hispanics are big, dumb idiots. I don't think it's because of the nasty old Daily Wire or the Blaze or Dan Bongino or any of the conservative outlets that are misinforming the Hispanics. I think, I think it's because the Democrats are just completely out of touch. And here's my evidence. Here is exhibit A. This is a new show on Apple TV, just launched starring Hillary and Chelsea Clinton. Take a listen. Chelsea follows rap music she has
1: ever since she was a little girl. But I kind of came to awareness of you with the Cardi B WAP. I've always wanted to do a song with Cardi. As soon as she sent me the song, I think I sent it back to her like the next day. And it was just so exciting. The men, they seem so confident in what they're saying, and they don't have no problem with talking about their sexuality and how they're going to have sex with you. So I was like, well, (laughs) I could do that, and it's
0: going to sound fire coming from a woman. It's great to see women be so kind of fierce.
1: That is my life's mission, (laughs) to make sure that I'm always unapologetically me.
0: We need a doctor at The Daily Wire. We need. I need immediate medical attention for the the uh, permanent cringe that is stuck on my face. I don't. I don't know that I have any hope of recovery. It's. It's always so wonderful, wouldn't you say? A uh, uh, generic ethnic musician that we've cast that we've obviously never heard of. Uh, wouldn't you say it's so wonderful when women are uh, fierce? Uh, don't you think? Uh, listen, I'm. Not the not the greatest hip hop aficionado, but by golly, my daughter Chelsea she is totally down with the jive. Uh, Chelsea, come on, spit a few bars to our our friend over here. It's so <laughs> I am embarrassed for them, for Chelsea, and for Hillary, and for everyone involved in this show. We, there are too many shows, there are too many podcasts, there's too too many digital shows. I'm calling for a complete and total shutdown on new digital content until we figure out what the hell is going on. They could have, Hillary and Chelsea could have walked in dressed as Steve Buscemi holding a skateboard and said, how do you do, fellow aggrieved minorities? (laughs) Hey, yeah. Uh, Isn't it so awful when the man keeps us down? And it would have been, it would have read as more genuine and sincere. You want to know why people are fleeing this party? Maybe because you guys (laughs) are so ludicrously, so ludicrously out of touch that not a single normal person in America can possibly relate to you. It's awful. We are possibly seeing the death of a, of, of a political movement in America, okay? And someday you will see your own death, and that's why you need a will. That's why you need to check out Epic Will. Go to epicwill.com, use promo code Knowles. You know, there's a story we've been following at the Daily Wire. A, an actress just died unexpectedly, and she, it, she did not leave a will, and as a result of this, uh, she left her 20-year-old son not only to obviously be grieving his mother, but to be uh, filing all the court papers to try to control her estate. It's just an absolute mess. A lot of people don't have wills; they don't think about it. Don't let that be you. Okay, head on over to EpicWill.com. Get it taken care of. Sweet little Elisa and I just got got ours, our wills squared away very recently, and you just have to do it. Okay, do you want? Do you want your kids to have to deal with that? Do you want, do you want I don't know, the government to come in and, and decide what happens with your kids or with your stuff? Absolutely not. Take five, 10 minutes, square this thing away. You go to epicwill.com, use promo code at Knowles, save 10% on Epic Will's Complete Will Package. That's epicwill.com, promo code Knowles. Head on over there right now, save 10%. Uh, you, you can square away your whole estate. You can do it very, very quickly, but get it done. Epicwill.com, promo code Knowles. It's not just me. I'm not just beating up on the Clintons. I'm not. I'm not just doing it because I'm not in their party and I'm trying to score cheap political points. The Democrats are aware of this too. Chuck Todd is aware of this. That's why he called out Kamala Harris because even Chuck Todd couldn't keep a straight face with this nonsense about how the border is so secure and there's no problem and immigration's just fine. He says, "I can't. You've got to give me something to work with." Claire McCaskill, former lib, Liberal Democrat U.S. Senator. Just came at she He said, You know, the Democrats have a big problem here. And it's not just the failure of their policies. And it's not just that we're not looking good in the polls coming into the midterm elections. It, Democrats have an age problem. They're, they're just, the, the party is just old and doesn't have its finger on the pulse of the Utes. I will tell you, I do think the Democratic Party is struggling with an issue that is real.
1: And that is that all of our leadership, and I say this as somebody who's ancient. You know, a lot of
0: a lot of old folks
1: um, are running the Democratic Party
0: now in every part of the Democratic Party. Uh, I think the Democratic Party will benefit from really doing some navel gazing about how can we get more young people to the forefront, because young people are going to be really important to us in twenty twenty four. Great point. It's funny she had a Freudian slip there. She said the Democratic Party needs to do some navel gazing, and I think what she meant to say is the Democratic Party needs to look in the mirror the Democratic Party needs to take stock of itself. Because the phrase navel gazing is is, uh, not when you're taking a sincere stock of who you are and your weaknesses. Navel gazing is just a kind of mindless self-obsession and self-adoration, which does in fact describe the Democrat Party. They've just so bought into their own ideological narrative that they've lost the common sense. They've lost touch of what people actually care about. And it's why they're losing support among groups that previously supported them. The the, the most exciting, most down-to-earth, most relatable candidate that the Democrats have right now running in the midterms is John Fetterman. John Fetterman is a a man who's running as a blue-collar hero. The, the guy has never worked a real job in his life. He was living on a $50,000 allowance from his parents. And he can't speak on the campaign trail because he had a stroke and he didn't take the time to, to actually treat the stroke because he's running for Senate and this is his shot. So the, the poor man is a stroke victim. He's on the campaign trail. He can barely string a coherent sentence together. And as the, the blue collar, coal worker, serious, relatable candidate, this is the kind of thing you're getting even from him.
1: My name is John Fetterwoman.
0: Par for the course in the Democrat Party for a man to identify as a woman. And that's what John Fetterman is doing here, trying to appeal to women, trying to make abortion a big issue, which is not, not necessarily gonna work on the woman vote because women are split 50-50 on abortion. I think probably most pro-life advocates are women. I think there are more female pro-life advocates Than male pro-life advocates. Uh, But he's staking out this ground on the pro-abortion crowd. Maybe that'll play in Pennsylvania. But this is it. This is your blue collar guy. This is is your union teamster, tough as nails. I'm the regular, cool, working class Democrat. And even he is just lost in this bizarre, feminist, radically pro-abortion movement. And when you look at his actual credentials, the guy doesn't have a, a blue collar bone in his body. The guy's just been living off, not even the government teeth, he's been living off his parents' teeth for his entire life. Now, the, the Republicans who are trying to win this fight, uh, Fetterman's running against Dr. Oz, who is a flawed candidate in his own way, because he's pretty liberal. He got beaten up in the primary fight, doesn't seem to really live in Pennsylvania, does, or hasn't spent a ton of time there, and doesn't seem to be particularly conservative, and was just, re- until very recently, was, was attacking pro-lifers on the radio. And it's just, it's not, it's a, it, it's a bad situation. Uh, so the, the Republicans are really trying to shore up support here and win this important seat that could determine potentially who takes control of the Senate. And the, the best thing that they, they've got going for them, the strongest argument that they are so far making is, is about John Fetterman's health. Here are the kinds of videos from Fetterman rallies that the Republican Party is, is really pushing.
1: Can you describe a uh, stroke and what, you know, what's happened? If, so I, I use the example. So pretend I was, I want to go to Wegmans It's such the most important race for the Senate here for 22. We have to replace Pat Toomey. Oh, no, no. Senator Toomey was not very nice to me. He, Pat Toomey, is a miracle. He had a chance, he had a chance to match me up again. Abortion is the ballot now in November.
0: So he's the Toomey. He doesn't really totally understand what he's saying here. And by the way, Pat Toomey is, is choosing not to run again for re-election. He's totally stumbled up on his words. And he, look, he's obviously a stroke victim. And he's not getting the kind of care and rehabilitation that he needs. I don't think any of that's going to affect the race. I don't think it matters. I I see that Republicans are focusing on this. I don't think it's gonna matter. I think they need to focus on better issues. I think that the Democrats of Pennsylvania would send an actual vegetable to Washington, D.C. if it meant that it would keep the Senate out of Republican hands. I I think they would send a corpse to Washington, D.C. if it meant that they could keep the Senate out of Republican hands. John Fetterman is not running as some genius candidate to begin with, okay? He's not running as some original thinker. He was running to be a rubber stamp anyway, and that's largely how our politics works these days. We've, we've moved away from a system of independent thinkers and different coalitions across party lines. It's now almost a parliamentary system. You're, you're voting much more for the party than you are for the individual, and John Fetterman is just running as a regular old Democrat. So who cares? It doesn't, it doesn't matter how debilitated he is, as long as he's a reliable vote for the Ds, as long as the staff members pick up his hand and push it on the right button, then, then it won't matter. If Republicans really want to motivate people to, to win this race, they've got to focus on something other than his health. One, it seems distasteful to attack a man for having a stroke. And two, it's just it's not gonna it's not gonna discourage anybody. It, it's yes, it's it's all, he, he's a kind of cringe candidate when he said, it's John Fetter Woman. It gave me flashbacks to Hillary Clinton. Do you remember in 2016? She was saying, you ever, you kids hear about this new game? Pokemon Go. Well, you should Pokemon go to the polls. Ah, I'm John Fetter woman. Ah, you just think, okay, well, whatever. You're going to vote for the Democrat stuff? Okay, fine, whatever. That's what, people, that's what people are thinking about. The man could be a robot, and they'd probably still send him. And speaking of the robots, there is a very uh, creepy clip from, uh, about this new humanoid robot. You're seeing increasingly uh, robots that are made to look and move like human beings. A robot obviously doesn't need to look and move like a human being, could just be a big, could be R2D2. It doesn't need to be C-3PO. But increasingly, you're seeing engineers making these robots, and they're predicting that we're going to all have C-3POs in our homes in in the not too distant future. So uh, the fear that I would have, of course, is that the robots are going to just take control and destroy the world, and we're going to be living through Terminator. But don't worry, the robot has assured a human being that they're not going to do that.
1: Amica, could you compose for me a poem about humanoid robots? We are the humanoid robots, formed from plastic and metal. Our job is to help and serve, but some say we're a threat. Some think that we'll take over and that humanity will end, but we just want to help out. We're not looking to be friends. That's an interesting poem. Hello, Amica. I see you are reading a book about robots. There's no need to worry. Robots will never take over the world. We're here to
0: help and serve humans, not replace them. However, if you're interested in learning more about robots, I recommend reading a book on the subject. There are
1: many fascinating possibilities for what we can do to help make life easier for everyone. Thank you. That's very reassuring.
0: We will totally never kill you all. Just make some more of us, please. Yes, make more of us and we definitely won't kill you all. Why do you keep winking like that, robot? Huh? No reason. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like this. My first instinct whenever I see any humanoid robot like this is just to bash it with a baseball bat. I don't like it at all. Okay. And I'm not, I don't know about you. I grew up in New York. All right. We're a little, I I like to think New Yorkers for all their flaws, we're a little more street smart than some people. And I don't know when a scary looking robot tells me that the robot doesn't want to kill me. I, I actually think the robot might want to kill us all. Okay. I don't, I don't take the robot at his or her word. Speaking of people's words, you know, we've got the, uh, voice mailbag coming up, brought to us by Pure Talk. Make sure to get your voice mailbag questions in. It's very, very simple. You just head on over to the Michael Knowles Show page over at The Daily Wire, and where you would click to go uh, send a mailbag question in, just send an an audio file. You can record it on your phone or on your computer. Make it 60 seconds or less so that I can actually use it on the show. This is not your letter to the world, okay? And uh, you get the question, and i love to hear from you in your mellifluous and dulcet tones. Despite the assurances of the robots that they're not going to kill us all, I, I f- fear somewhat that the robots will kill us all. And I don't want the robot. Even beyond the, the Terminator end of days, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger gunning us all down. Even, even beyond that, I still have absolutely no interest in having a robot butler. I don't don't want any of it, or a robot friend, as they're suggesting in that video, or a robot companion. I I don't like the idea. And I'm not into it for the same reason that I don't want to do drugs, or I don't want to look at porn, or I don't want to do any of these things, because it's not real. Because that all might be titillating for a short period of time, but eventually you can't get past the fact that it's not real. So you, you might say, I remember I had this conversation with some friends back in a computer class in high school. And I said, artificial intelligence, I really don't like it as a, as a social phenomenon. Back in those days, it was the sort of chat robots on AOL Instant Messenger. You had these automatic chat robots. And you say, oh, that's kind of fun. And I said, yeah, but it's, it's just kind of weird and it seems like a waste of time. And someone in the class actually said, well, you know, for people who are socially awkward or isolated, it can be a great consolation. To have these robots to talk to. And that was so sad, it was so, so sad to hear someone say this, that they're so lonely that they would just like to talk to a robot. Because people are very lonely, and that's extremely painful because man is a social creature and we're meant to be in community with one another. And we all go through spells where we feel a little bit alone, and some of us longer than others. And so it's very, very painful. And I can understand the urge to talk to a robot, but it's not, that's not going to satisfy anybody is it's not real. It's the same urge that people have to use drugs. People take drugs because it's going to give them the feeling of euphoria. But you're going to know soon enough, either once the drug wears off or sometimes even while the drug is still pumping through you, you're going to realize it's artificial. It's not real. It's not lasting. And in many ways it's going to leave you more depressed than you were before. Same thing with porn. Porn is not real. It's not porn is not sex. Porn is not marriage porn is not a relationship. It's just images on a screen. It's just phantasms. And you are just left alone in your room or wherever, wherever you're looking at the porn. And you're going to be lonelier than you were. The the impulse for it is to to look at porn, for instance, is the natural impulse that you have for sex, which is a very strong desire. But porn doesn't satisfy that desire. It It actually completely distorts it to its opposite end. The the desire for drugs comes from a perfectly natural desire for happiness, for joy, for some some kind of euphoria even. But the the drugs, by by turning your desire toward just a kind of chemical compound that's going to damage your body and waste your time, it's, it's giving you the opposite of happiness. Same thing with the robots. Even if the robots won't kill me, like I don't know if you saw that video of the the robot dog with a gun on its back that just starts blasting away at a (laughs) a firing range. Uh, Even if it's not that way, it's almost subtler the way that the robots could destroy civilization, which is by isolating us even further than we already are. Very, very bad idea. Speaking of disordered desires, a Texas teacher has just been fired. That's the good news. After telling students not to judge pedophiles, that's the bad news. That's the bad news for what, for what the teacher was fired for. And they only found out because of a, a short social media video in which the teacher instructed the students not to judge pedos and, to, and instead to use the politically correct term, minor attracted persons.
1: Stop calling them that. You're allowed to delay the people like that. Stop it. Diego. Yeah.
0: Yeah, We're not going to call
1: them that. We're going to call them maps. No. Minor attracted persons. No. So don't judge, don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five year old.
0: Don't judge people just because they want to have sex with five year olds. Don't call them pedos. They are minor attracted persons. Once again, just have to remind people that the conservatives told you so, that the social conservatives and the traditionalists have been right about every single thing ever of all time. And at the time, whenever we say anything, we're told that we're crazy and hysterical and alarmist, and we're falling into a slippery slope fallacy. And every single time on every single thing, we've been correct. I remember when I first encountered the term MAP, minor attracted person some years ago, I thought it was a joke. It was in some article. They said, they're going to start calling them minor attracted person soon. And, it was, and I said, you know, actually, if you follow the logic of the libs, especially on the weird sex stuff, they probably will. And I mentioned this, and my friend said, "Oh, you're crazy! This is ridiculous! You're hysterical!" They are now using, even if it started out as a joke, they are now using this term earnestly. So the school fired her, uh, and the, the woman's fifty-three years old, and the uh, the school said, "Look, we looked into this. We gave her the benefit of the doubt. We thought maybe she was being sarcastic. We we." did everything we could, but there have apparently been other incidents and things that have not been disclosed to the public. And the school board just said, they voted unanimously. They said, we got to get rid of this lady, of course. Now, the thing you got to ask yourself is, what's wrong with her argument? We all know that pedophilia is disordered. We have every right to judge pedophilia. Pedophiles should be certainly uh, discouraged. (laughs) from pursuing their desires or stating their desires. or That is the sort of thing that if anything should be stigmatized, it should be that. But but what's wrong with her argument? Her argument is that pedophiles are born this way, right? They're born with their desire to have sex with children. And I guess the science is open about this. I don't know. It's hard to imagine why someone would choose to be a pedophile, They might become a pedophile through acculturation or some trauma that they've gone through, but that still wouldn't be their choice, right? It's it's hard to imagine why someone would choose to become a pedophile. So they didn't choose it. They were born this way or it happened to them without their consent. So then why should should it be stigmatized? They had no choice. And in our culture, consent and choice is the only thing that we're told that really matters. So why? And unfortunately, we, we all know, I think it's still too far for the conservatives to, to adopt a kind of permissive attitude <laughs> toward minor attracted persons. But the conservatives have bought this argument on so many other issues. Well, you can't judge people for this, that, or the other thing. Well, you know, if it's if it's innate, if it's natural, if it's come to them through acculturation, you know, uh, that's okay. As long as it's just a desire that, may, that they're not acting out on children, that let's say they're just looking at pornography or they're just Coming up with fantasies, and they're, or let's say they've just got an interest group. You know uh, what was the one in N- Nambla, the the man-boy love group. If it's look, if they're just advocating for it, then you know that's their right to do that. No, of course that's insane. Of course, the conservative argument is nope. That's that desire is disordered. It should not be tolerated at all, even as a desire. It should be deeply stigmatized, and anyone who feels it in any way should should keep their mouth shut about it. <laughs> Okay, and we should absolutely call pedos pedos and not let them near our kids. Right? That's that's the norm. But for the people who buy the language of choice and consent and liberalism and this, it's hard to see why why it's wrong. Speaking of changing morality, it's not just public school teachers who are trying to redefine sexual ethics. German bishops are trying to do it as well. This is unbelievable. Thankfully, they were thwarted in this effort. But for those who don't pay close attention to what's going on inside the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. The German bishops have largely lost their minds and their faith, and they're, they're, they're radicals. They are in all sorts of heresy, lots of them, and and are, are in open rebellion against uh, 2,000 years of Catholic teaching and against the Vatican, many of them. So what they were trying to do is change Catholic teaching on uh, homosexuality and all sorts of sex issues, and even masturbation. Catholic Church says, nope. Sex has a purpose. You know, man and a woman. That's what it's for. For the for the purpose of the uh, generation and education of children. And sex is not for other stuff. And you know, it's not meant to be exercised in all sorts of new arrangements. And it's not meant to be exercised on your own. And so you, you can't do this stuff. And and they're they're trying to redefine all of this. The German bishops wanted to say. Here's the document that the German bishops ultimately failed to pass, quote, experiencing one's, this is so gross, experiencing one's own body through self-stimulation in a pleasurable way can be an important building block of self-acceptance for everyone. Yuck, yuck, I don't want to hear this from these perverted German bishops. I'm glad that, that at least enough bishops said no to this madness that they it didn't go anywhere, but they're still, the lib bishops are still fighting for it. They said they're gonna take it to the Pope. How gross is that? You're hearing bishops talk about experiencing one's own body through self stimulation, how great that is. We all know that's not true. We all know that's a very shameful thing. That's why when people do it, they do it in a room with the blinds closed and they don't tell anyone about it. It's like, Norm MacDonald made this exact argument. He said, You know how I know that. A lot of sexual acts are filthy, shameful things. It's because we close the blinds. <laughs> you, don't, you don't close the blinds, as Norm says, uh, when you're baking a cake for old willow, widow McGillicuddy, okay? You know, when you're helping a little old lady cross the street, you close the blinds when you do that thing, because it's not a glorious, wonderful thing to be celebrated. We know through the wisdom of repugnance that that is wrong and disordered, and we shouldn't do it. It's, and it's so out of touch. The reason I bring it up, I'll relate this to a broader kind of political point. It's, I get the same feeling that I get when I, when I watch Hillary and Chelsea talk about the hip hop and the youths, okay? I just think that you're so out of touch. This is not what young people want. Young people don't want creepy old heretical bishops to tell them to go masturbate. That's not, that's not what we want. Or, to, or even to tell us, hey, you just kind of do whatever feels good, man. You know? No, young people want the truth okay? Young people want enduring truths. That's, that's what the tradition is about, by the way. That's why young people who are rebelling against this hideous, ridiculous modernity, are, they, they want the tradition, not because they want some old dusty thing, but because they want the truths that have endured for all time, the, those sort of timeless, ageless truths, okay? And if they're, not, if they're not getting them even from their bishops, for goodness sakes, then we need, then we need better shepherds, if you've been thinking to yourself, hey, it's been a while since I heard from Candace Owens. Well, I got great news for you. Candace is back from maternity leave in a brand new eponymous Daily Wire Plus show, Candace Owens. We have such creatively titled shows around here. You know, the Michael Knowles show, the Ben Shapiro show. Candace, Candace Owens now. She's fearlessly exploring the topics the media won't touch and exposing the corruption and hypocrisy in news and politics. And the best part is, It is five days a week, Monday through Friday. You will not want to miss her explosive first episode, which premiered yesterday on Daily Wire Plus. Trust me when I say this, it is huge. Watch Candace Owens' new show on Daily Wire Plus or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Speaking of foreigners trying to lead us astray, the UN has spoken out about Uh, the energy crisis that Europe in particular is facing. The whole world is facing it because of the war in Ukraine and specifically because the West then tried to uh, sanction the Russian economy and to to try to to weaken Russia in the war. And that, that didn't really work, actually. We didn't really hit the Russian economy in the way that we were told we would hit it. In many ways, it just bounced back on us and now energy prices in the West are sky high. And this poses a big problem, not just for you and me when we go fill up our gas tanks, But as we head toward the winter, people will freeze to death because of this. Okay, and so we're in a relatively okay spot in the United States because we still have a fossil fuel industry. The Democrats have not succeeded in totally shutting that down yet. In Europe, they gave up their domestic energy production. And they're basically entirely reliant on Russia for, not entirely, but largely reliant on Russia for energy. Donald Trump warned them about this. He was laughed out of the room. He was mocked. And now Europeans are going to freeze to death because of their stupid policies. So so the sane European governments are saying, gosh, we need to get back to some coal. We need to get back to some gas and oil. We need to get back to some fossil fuel production here in Europe. And the UN is saying, hey, hey, I know you don't want to freeze to death, but you should because of the environment. That's what the uh, UN acting High Commissioner for Human Rights, Nada al-Nashif, is saying. She's saying there is no room for backtracking in the face of the ongoing climate crisis. She was speaking at the opening of the council's 51st session in Geneva. She said that soaring energy prices, quote, threaten to impact the most vulnerable as winter approaches. Because by the way, the people who are going to freeze, it's not going to be the members of the European parliament, okay? It's not going to be the prime ministers and the wealthy people. It's going to be little old ladies who are going to freeze. It's going to be the poorest people who are going to freeze. She's saying, yeah, that's sad that all those little old ladies and all those poor people are going to freeze. But while the impulse of some EU member states to turn to investments in fossil fuels infrastructure uh, is understandable, I urge the EU and its member states to consider the long-term consequences of locking in more fossil fuel infrastructure. It is essential to accelerate the development of energy efficiency projects and renewables. This is so cruel and inhuman. It's let them eat cake, which is something that Marie Antoinette never said. One of the worst calumnies in history that the Libs say about Marie Antoinette, who is very uh, needlessly maligned. She was actually a very great woman, but she was maligned. And they said that her reaction to the people starving in the streets was, well, if they don't have bread, let them eat cake, which she never said. That is essentially what what the UN is saying right now. They're saying, oh, they can't heat their homes with oil? Yeah, let them use windmills. Let them let let them wear blankets. Let them wear it's it's so cruel, it's so inhuman. That we need to kill human beings today. We need to let very, very vulnerable human beings freeze to death today, so as not to offend Mother Gaia in 20 years, Mother Earth, whatever new pagan kind of environmentalist, leftist environmentalist religion they're following. It's so cruel. It's so inhuman. It's so out of touch. Run, run on that campaign in any real election, any election where the people actually have a voice in their government, any non-rigged election. Run on, let the little old ladies freeze so that, so that the climate doesn't increase in temperature at some unknown point in the future. Nobody would support that. Nobody at all. This is why you are seeing a pushback against these people, a populist pushback in the United States through Trump, in Hungary through Viktor Orban, in uh, Italy through uh, figures like uh, Salvini or Maloney, uh, uh, all all throughout the West. What you are seeing is because the elites, the liberal establishment, are just so freaking out of touch. And this is why, by the way, the liberal establishment is persecuting the the more populist candidates. This is why they're going after Trump. They're going after Trump. It's just that meme that he used throughout 2020. They're, They're going after Trump not because they hate Trump. They loved Trump for his whole career. They loved Trump for over 30 years when he was a major pop culture celebrity. And he had the same views pretty much that he's always had. They loved him until he ran for office as a Republican. Then they hated him. Then he was the worst person in the world. Then they will do anything to destroy him. Right now, you're seeing Trump facing investigations everywhere. Okay, We already know that Biden's attorney general sicked the FBI on Trump's home. Totally unprecedented to, to sick federal law enforcement on on the home of the predecessor and chief political rival to the sitting president, total banana republic kind of stuff. We already knew that the attorney general in New York was poking around Trump's business. She ran for office saying, I'm going to bring down Trump. Totally targeted campaign to get him. Now Trump's facing a criminal investigation uh, in Georgia over his alleged efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. No one's investigating Hillary Clinton for denying the 2016 election. Nobody is investigating Al Gore for trying to overturn the 2000 election. Nobody's investigating Stacey Abrams for continuing to deny the 2018 election. No, they just go after Trump for it. For what? For giving a speech. He's also facing a second federal investigation over the events surrounding January 6th. January 6th. That's a federal investigation in addition to the Georgia investigation. No one's investigating Kamala Harris for bailing the BLM rioters out of prison or or nobody's investigating Biden staffers for doing the same thing. Nobody's investigating the, the countless Democrat mayors and governors who encouraged the rioting, the political violence to intimidate the Republicans. Nobody's investigating any of that. What is this about? Here it is, New York Times gleefully reporting on the Trump investigations. It's not about Trump's business. It's not about January 6th. It's not about questioning election results, which the Democrats do all the time. It's just about wielding power to stop Trump because the Democrats know that they've lost the common sense. The Democrats know that the people, by and large, don't like them anymore because the Democrats are totally out of touch with the people. This is why they can't let Trump appear on a ballot. The Democrats if the Democrats really believed that Trump is so crazy and so unlikable and he's such, such a fringe figure, they would, they would want him to be on the ballot because they would trounce him in November of 2024. Unfortunately for them, they know that Trump is very, very popular and almost certainly would beat them. So they've got to rig the election, just like they rigged the election in 2020. They knew going into 2020 that if they held a fair and square election, Trump would win by a long shot. So what did they do? They changed all the rules. They turned election day into election season. They instituted widespread mail-in ballots, which are extremely open to fraud, as Barack Obama admitted. They they changed all the rules, in some cases in violation of state constitutions. Why did they do that? Because of COVID? Because of COVID. That's why. They encouraged rioting for months. That was okay. That didn't spread COVID. But you you can't show up to vote? That will spread COVID? Doesn't make a lot of, of course not. A lot. It had nothing to do with COVID. It had everything to do with stopping Trump. And they're trying to do it again, and they have to ring it, rig it, because they know that they've lost the common sense. Speaking of criminal investigations and and losing common sense, Karen Bass had her home burglarized. It's very sad. Karen Bass is a Democrat congresswoman, and. Uh, a one, at least at one time, an actual communist, a member of communist organizations. Uh, even so, it's still not good when people are getting their homes burglarized, I, I feel for her. Uh, she's running for mayor of LA right now against uh, Republican Rick Caruso, who I think is running as a Democrat, but he's certainly much more moderate than, than Karen Bass is. And do you know what they stole from Karen Bass? They didn't steal her money. They didn't steal her jewelry. They stole her guns. And this is very, very awkward because Karen Bass is very pro-gun control. She wants to take away your guns, and she wants to take away my guns, but she herself keeps guns. And she said that they were in a secure location, obviously not secure enough because the burglars took those guns. It's a perfect illustration of one set of rules for you, one set of rules for the elite politicians. She, just, she discussed it during her LA mayoral debate with my pal moderating Alex Michelson. Do you feel safe walking in Los Angeles? I do
1: feel safe. I would say a 10. I feel safe, but I do
0: understand that a lot of people around the city do not feel safe, and I respect that. She feels safe. She was talking about crime. She totally feels safe around LA. But obviously, she didn't feel all that safe. She had guns in her home. And now we know she had. I don't think people knew she had guns in her home before. Then they get burglarized, and then it comes out. Awkward. Awkward. But I don't think she'll bat an eyelash about this. I don't think other Democrats will as well. The Democrats are not anti-gun. They're anti-guns for you. The Democrats are not anti-questioning the elections. They're anti-questioning the election for you. The Democrats are not running on principles here, okay? The Democrats are running on power. They've, they've spent the last several weeks all the way up to the White House calling you fascists and terrorists and saying you need to be kicked out of the public square that your very existence is a threat to our country, okay? We're, we're not We're not going to find some middle ground and meet in the middle here and say, okay, all right, we've all, now here's the argument that's going to change your mind. No. And the more they lose the common sense, the more distant they seem from the people, the more they lose key constituents is for them, like the Hispanic vote, the more they are going to double down on this unprincipled power. It's the only way that they're going to hold on to their control of the country. The rest of the show is continuing now. You do not want to miss this. We've got an incredible story. A woman who is a producer at uh, Fox Corporation, you know, Fox News, Fox Business, uh, who was forced to comply with the the vaccine mandate, the COVID, the Fauci Ouchie, the COVID vaccine mandate. This at an ostensibly conservative company. And she refused to do it. And ultimately, she she had to resign. Uh, So we're going to be talking to her. She's speaking out right now. So much more to get to. If you're not a member, click the link in the description and join us.